Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jansen. My guest today is Joanna Weeb. She is a copywriter as well as a co-founder of Copy Hackers and a new tool site service we're going to talk about today called Air Story. So, Joanna, thanks for joining me. Yes. Thank you for having me here, John. So you've been doing some copywriting for a while, and I always love to pe- to, to ask uh, people who've been doing something for a while, particularly as it relates to online world that we live in today, um, has copywriting, the art of copywriting, uh, changed dramatically or evolved dramatically over the last decade or so? No. Yeah. <laughs> Period. No, even over the la- I guess maybe over the last hmm, over the last decade, maybe over the course of time. No, um, but over the last decade, it feels like there's been a greater shift back to a lot of the original rules that shaped copywriting. And I know I'm on the inside, so I might see things a little differently. But even what I hear um, when I'm at conferences and things, things I didn't hear when I was earlier in my career. So I've been doing this for like 15 years or something now, which is actually a pretty long time to be a copywriter. Usually like you'll shift to something else. Um, But I've been doing it this whole time. And I know in those first years, it didn't feel like anybody even knew what copy was, what copywriting was, or that there was an entire role called a copywriter. Um, So you knew about other things like user experience design and graphic design um, and lots of cool stuff there. But copywriting wasn't really understood to be that important, but it feels like, and I'm always interested to hear how other people see it, For me, though, it feels like because conversion rate optimization and search engine optimization are so important, um, and maybe SEO is getting less important, blah, 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 but still, CRO and SEO are becoming increasingly important to organizations, or at least they're talking about it more than they were like a decade ago, Um, and in that time, then copywriting has, of course, naturally also become more important and a role people actually understand as a real role because it's critically tied to, are you going to get people to come to your site? Do you have what you need on there to get them to first for, for Google to rank you at all? And then for people to actually, when they arrive there, to actually do something that you want them to do. So copy is, of course, a big part of that. Well, I'm actually one of those people that's in the camp that says SEO is more important than it ever was. Um, okay, I, good, I, good, because people, right? And I'm sure that if you ask that to an SEO, they'd say like, yeah, the last five years has seen a shift back and forth. But but yeah, it's true. I agree. Well, what's happened is a lot of the copy or the content marketers uh, have you know decided that you know, Google is certainly – showed them that good content is going to t- be what it takes to rank today. And so a lot of people are, are jumping into, well, all you need is content. And what I'm going to suggest is, is it's actually made our website design more important, our copy, mm. our content strategy more important, and then SEO really has risen to almost the strategic level, I think, as opposed yeah. to being a, a tactic. that Tactic, to, you know. yeah. So let me ask you, um, I, I, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years, and so <laughs> – you know, my, my exposure to this was, you know, I, I got all those great direct mail, direct response sales copy letters, and I collected them and put them on the shelf because they were so amazing. Uh, and then we all went into this like, no, we just have to teach and educate and blog. And um, it kind of felt like we went away from direct response. And, and I think what you're suggesting is that this direct response mindset is 
is maybe coming back and still very valid, but uh, I've got to believe it's coming back in a different way than maybe some of what we saw as kind of cheesy, but but effective (laughs) copywriting. It's true. Yeah, well, the principles of it are coming back, I think. as And we, we do a lot of A-B testing at Copy Hackers with our clients um, and for our own business as well. So we've seen, and, and a lot of people are seeing more of the data, right? Data that you might not have had as easy access to or clear ways of making sense of it a decade or more ago. Right. And increasingly, it's becoming really easy, of course, to figure out is this page even converting? Like really basic questions we can ask of our website or our emails or whatever. Are they working? Are they actually converting or aren't they? And so when you see that they're not working as well as you believe they should, it's converting at 2% when your business, you need to grow. You can't have every page converting at 2%. You have to keep growing. And it feels like, okay, there's been these really good rules that have been put in place for the essentials of writing for the web, for how you should lay out your page generally, like where to put your logo and where to put your global navigation. So a lot of that stuff has been kind of sorted out now. So it's rare to see where you go to a website. And unless it's e-commerce, it's rare to see like um, a side-mounted global nav. Basically, right. everybody has standardized for certain things like navigation, your footer, yeah. um, what, how big a button should be, that you don't use gray buttons and, and things like that. So we've had these good rules that user experience, user researchers, all of these great roles have put together. And now it's like, okay, we've got the foundation in place. It's basically like how big should the sheet of paper be that you send out for the mailer? Should Mm -hmm. you fold it three times or four or twice or whatever, right? Um, So those rules got in place before for direct response, the the mailers and things that we all, I agree, I had a whole big box filled with with cool um, mailers that I got. Um, and a few that I was a part of, which is always fun. Um, but so we've had this like we're I think we're at a place and have been for maybe a couple years where we're starting to see, OK, we've got the essentials down on on how things are basically supposed to be. But then everything else that we've been taught about what goes on a page isn't really working for us. We're converting at 2% or 1.8 or whatever it might be. We're trying to keep our call to action above the fold because we've been told it should be above the fold. But how come that's not always working for us? We're seeing in our tests that people are clicking on that button, but they're not converting, or we're seeing it in our heat maps that they're clicking and they're not converting. So what's going on there? Um, And so, and the answer increasingly again and again becomes, well, try some of the old things that we learned in direct response copywriting, like have a single reader that you're writing for, treat them like they're able to read and they're a reader, not just a visitor. A visitor is not a thing that's as easy to understand. A visitor comes and goes, but we don't want somebody to come and go. We want them to come and stay and then convert and become our customer. They're not a customer yet. What are they? So starting to think of people, not just as the Nielsen Norman group has told us to think of them, which was very good in the earlier days of online optimization. But now, now all of that stuff that, that again, the great direct response copywriters taught that like that's coming, that's been coming back for seven, eight, nine years. And we're seeing a lot of smart online digital marketers who are growing their businesses like gangbusters, uh, referencing Gene Schwartz yeah. or pulling out like their John Cables. And you're like, what? <laughs> All of the old copywriters are like at your fingertips because you know that the stuff they taught works better today than the stuff you learned from 
as well-intentioned as they are, people like the Nielsen Norman group who weren't thinking of growing your business online. They were thinking of like establishing businesses online. Well, and, and what uh, I find amusing too is, is of course, the, the new trend that everyone's talking about is storytelling and how we have to work yeah. storytelling in. And quite frankly, that's what was so great about those great sales yes. is They were the, the best copywriters, were the best storytellers, and always had yeah. been. Yeah, you find your hook and then you pull them in, right? But that's when you look at most web pages, landing pages, emails, they don't have a hook. They don't allow for a narrative sort of structure like having a left-hand margin that is not broken. Like that's not what people are designing for today. And they're wondering why it's not converting as well. And then you put out a well-designed long-form sales page today and it follows that narrative structure or that, that storytelling style and you see way better results, like double, triple. We did a split test on a homepage, an e-commerce homepage. We did this back in the spring um, where we got the control version so it was performing well. We doubled the paid conversion rate just by making basic copy changes to it. But then we went in and said, okay, okay, okay. What if we took some of these better rules of direct response copywriters and we applied those and like to this winning page and we tested it and we just saw what happened. And so we rewrote this page, keeping a lot of it the same. But what we did was most home pages lead with the product, which kills every copywriter on the planet. Like there are those of us who know we're like, no, don't lead with the product, lead with the user, the visitor, the prospect. Um, and so we said, okay, well, this winning homepage is leading with the product. Sure, it's talking about benefits that are going to make them better and all that, but it's really not leading with them. So what if we opened with, um, we rewrote this page or we bumped down this stuff because you're leading with the solution. What if we put problem and agitate above that? So a common framework for old school direct response copywriting was problem, agitation, solution, PAS, however you put it together. Some people yeah. say pain, agitate, solve, whatever it is, it's still PAS where it's problem. You've got that initial problem that you're like touching on and then you poke at it in agitation and then you get into solution where most, most sites want to jump straight to solution at the top of the page. We were like, okay, let's bump that down. So we did that. We tested it against the already high converting control and we got 50% more paid conversions mm -hmm. on the one that led with the problem. Mm -hmm. It was very uncomfortable, but it followed that more narrative style that we see in direct response copywriting. And even though the people at Sweatblock didn't necessarily love the idea of doing this, um, they went for it and they tested it and we saw really cool results. So I think that we'll just continue to see an increase in people um, breaking with web conventions and trying some of the old direct response stuff more. Well, it's interesting, uh, this whole long versus short. Uh, there yeah. definitely is a school of thought right now that says, oh, no, people won't read that long stuff and they need this little short stuff. But, you know, I, I and the same with like video. They won't listen to or watch a, a long video. And I, I contend, I'm not saying it's easy, but I contend that as long as it's interesting and compelling and entertaining, they'll go as long as you want them to go. <laughs> exactly. But, but John, the like I just spoke about this at MozCon. I was like, nobody will read anything boring if it's short <laughs> or it's long, it doesn't matter. If it's boring, they won't read it. If it's interesting, they will. And it's hard for short copy to be interesting. Yep. It's very, very hard. You can't get specific 
You can't use any sort of colorful language. You can't really dig deeper. Um, but long copy opens all sorts of opportunities for really engaging copy. And people think, of course, everybody loves to think they're the exception to the rule. Like, oh, it's easy to sell that product <laughs> using emotional long copy. We can't sell enterprise accounting software, but I've sold enterprise accounting software using long copy. It happens for everybody. Even boring products can sound interesting with the right copy. Absolutely. So what about email? How do we apply this to email to make email more engaging? Uh, same thing. I mean, we're, we're now reading these on little tiny screens and things. Mm. I mean, so, so, you know, are there, are there new practices or best practices that really apply to email? Or again, is it just, do you have a great story to tell? We're still seeing, do you have a great story to tell? Um, we, we do a lot of testing. We did this with Wistia recently. Wistia is, are you familiar with Wistia? Oh, of course I use it all the time. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I figured as much. Um, some people are, so they're great for those who don't use it. But, um, so we did, we tested their onboarding emails. So this eight part sequence in their onboarding campaign, um, Wistia, of course, as a video company, leads with video a lot. Mm -hmm, of course mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. do. Naturally, they do. Video works wonders a lot of the time. But sometimes copy can do a better job and ease people in instead of like the full commitment of clicking and watching a whole video. Right. People don't even realize they're reading most of the time, but they know before they click a button that they're about to like watch the video. So we rewrote their emails um, and it just so happened that we took out their videos in a lot of, I think six out of eight of the emails, we removed the videos from them. And instead we wrote copy that, it still worked in their template, so it still looked designed. It didn't look like – I mean, there's a lot of really great email copywriters out there. Like anything you read – like Ramit Sethi's emails are all long-form copy, mm -hmm. um, and they're great, but they won't always work for every business. And we hear that from a lot of businesses. Like, I can't send that. That's great, but I can't send that. So we're like, okay, Wistia, we'll work in the template you're using in HubSpot, and we'll work with that. Um, but we're going to use the principles that we follow that come from direct response copywriting. One of those is to tell a story and get more specific with the details that you share. So we did. We rewrote all eight of those emails. And ours, we tested these in HubSpot. And ours, the rewrites, the messages stayed the same. But how we said it, we used about two to three times more copy in each of ours, not because we wanted to write long copy, but because we took as long as it took to get them interested enough. Um, and so we tested these eight against their control eight, and ours brought in statistically confident 3.5 times the paid conversions. Hmm. So their trial users, 3.5 times as many converted with ours versus with those control, just by applying these rules. And even... Of course, a SaaS business that focuses on video isn't going to think, oh, yeah, that's absolutely going to work for me. They're going to think, no, I'm the exception to that rule, Joanna. And so we tested it, found that, indeed, they were not the exception to the rule, and it worked very well for their business. So I believe the same rules do continue to apply in email. And we don't. And that's just one case study, right? There's other examples, but that's one really strong case study of a good before and after just by applying some of the older rules of copywriting. So how do you balance today then the, you know, we, I alluded to this a little earlier, a homepage. I mean, you write the most amazing copy in the world, but if people 
can't find that uh, page or, you know, Google doesn't like the copy for whatever reason or for what you're trying to rank for, you know, or worse yet, uh, the, the underlying code um, is actually causing, you know, some problems. I mean, do you feel like all of these elements, design and SEO and even CRO and, and your copywriting, it, it almost has to be done sort of at the same time with you know, every player involved, you know, understanding the objectives, uh, uh, which uh, obviously I just described a perfect world, (laughs) which none of us live in. (laughs) Yeah, where we all, each one group is represented at a boardroom table and they make decisions together. Exactly. (laughs) Imagine. Yeah, because I mean, you you have probably had situations where somebody said, come in and and make this copy sing. And it didn't matter what you really did, you weren't going to help them. You you hit it on the head, right? Like this this very idea of make my copies sing. I had at Intuit, and I loved working at Intuit. Fantastic company, but I had this. Um, he was a, kind of a CMO for a while for the global division of Intuit. Anyway, he he said exactly that to me: make this copy sing. And I was like, oh, you're killing me here. It can't. It can't. It's not going to sing, but it's going to sell. By the end of this, the business will be better off than it was before. But yeah, you're brought in at the end. Nobody brings a copywriter in at the beginning. Well, not nobody. Some of the most strategic companies absolutely do bring them in at the beginning. But it's a rare thing to say we should think of the message from the very beginning, even though the message is directly tied to your prospect. The prospect is going to interface with your message before anything else, right? Like it's the words. And so, but it's the same thing. They won't bring support in either to these boardroom discussions because, oh, well, support's way down there. They'll take care of it later. We have to talk about strategy now. But those are the people who are talking to your customers constantly and your copywriters are working with research about your customers constantly. Um, But do we all end up at the table together? No. Do we still get (laughs) handoffs from somebody else who put together a wireframe for a homepage filled with lorem ipsum and then said, here, plug in your copy (laughs) and and we all die a little inside of course when that happens well yes and of course you know you you said the you know the chain of command i mean i can't tell you how many times people would have come to me and said okay we've got our website we've got all this stuff done now seo it (laughs) it's like it doesn't work that way anymore so let's let's talk about testing um because i think that's you know what's so funny about uh, I, I was um, – John Loomer did a Facebook uh, – I don't know if you're familiar with John's work. Really yeah. great Facebook advertising. Did a whole day for um, a conference of mine. And, you know, he didn't say it in so many words. But he basically said, get all the targeting right. You know, Facebook will tell you which ad does better, you know, <laughs> what copy does better, what picture does better. But if you're targeting the wrong people, uh, you know, it doesn't It doesn't really matter. And I, and I think that from a testing standpoint, uh, so few business owners, I think, understand the value of that testing where you don't really even have to try to figure out how to be right. <laughs> you have to have a couple great hypotheses and keep making it better, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. But it is funny. I just when you were saying that about John Loomer about this, um, think about the target first. Isn't that funny that it always comes back to your targeting? Sure. Like no matter what, it always comes back to who you're trying to talk to. And if you're getting that right. Um, but yeah, but for testing, some of our best hypotheses are around who's coming to this page like that. Right. Back to that sweat block example. Um, we were also while we're using these direct response techniques, we were, of course, asking naturally, who's coming to this page? Who's our real prospect? And we were suggesting in this case that they might be more problem aware than they are necessarily mm-hmm. uh, product aware. So they might be between problem and solution, but they're not product or most. So when you're leading with product, instead of leading with the problem, yeah. that's one of the biggest problems because you're sure, not message sure, matching sure. there. You're not matching their expectations at all or where they're at. The conversation happening in their head, as we've talked about for a hundred years. Um, <laughs> But but yeah, the testing provides this really amazing opportunity to, if you've got good hypotheses, right, mm-hmm. where you're doing the research to try to get down to it, but you really, for example, you really don't know who's coming to the page, like basic stuff, like are we getting more women here or are we getting more men? And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a great hypothesis or a great starting point for a test, but these are basic questions that a lot of us have. Like, are our purchasers the mothers in the house or are they the dads? Who's the decision maker there for, for like an e-commerce product, let's sure, say, sure, or something sure. like that. Um, but when you can ask questions about who your reader is and if you don't have the answers you need, absolutely, testing can be a great way to get to those answers so you can further optimize your site, that page, whatever it might be, um, and, and move forward with further uh, convert, getting more of a lift. Um, but yeah, A-B testing is incredible for that. So we have been talking ex- pretty exclusively about copywriting here. Um, I want to yeah. spend a little time talking about a new, I don't know if the right term, new tool <laughs> that you're working on called Air Story. Um, and again, I, I just in what little bit I've looked at it because it, it is still in early beta. Um, it, it looks like a very intriguing, especially for people that work on content in teams and things. It looks like a really yes. intriguing um, idea. So I'm really just going to let you kind of I'm going to tee it up and just let you tell us about <laughs> it. Cool. Well, so for us, um, we created Air Story because the way we see it, the blank white page is broken. So we, when anybody sits down to write, you're faced with this blank white page. You look at it, whether you're in WordPress or Google Docs or um, even in Medium, wherever you might be, you're still confronted with this empty space that you're supposed to fill in. And there's there are tools that exist to help you figure out what you might want to write about. Like, okay, if I'm going to write a blog post, I'll go use BuzzSumo and see what a popular keyword is that I might want to focus this or steal piece or around, just, or just steal, Sorry. or just steal from. Uh, I do that too. So <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Stealing is always the number one tool in our toolbox, of course. Um, but yeah, but but there's ways to find your idea, and then there's ways to publish it, and there's ways to promote it. But when it comes down, and there's ways to like optimize it for search. But when it comes down to you versus the page, just the two of you sitting there, you're at your desk, that page is in front of you. How do you get the research you saved in Evernote or the clippings you put together in some other document or seven other documents and that PDF report you have back there and all those diagrams that are saved somewhere in your Dropbox? How do you get those on the page? 
And so far, the, your job has been to copy and paste what you can, to upload whatever else you can't copy and paste. And the other things that are just kind of peripheral, you keep open in a different screen or you have another, uh, another monitor entirely. You have sticky notes all over mm-hmm. the place. You have notes in your notebook. You have notes on your phone. All these places, we have all this stuff. And your job is basically to take it, organize it on the page, which means – pasting it on there, and then copying and pasting your way around what could be a very unwieldy document. If you've got an ebook you're writing, you're basically depending on a table of contents in most cases in order to get around it or just using find to get around it and then copying and pasting your way toward a completed, at least a completed outline, or even in most cases, what you're really aiming for is a completed document, something you can then hit publish on. Um, so our solution, Error Story, is there to make it really, really dead easy for you to get that research right on the page so you don't have to face the blank white page alone ever again. And the way we do that is... We have you save your research in this one way, at least save your research as cards. So for people who use Trello or people who even use Evernote, you're used Mm -hmm. to shortening things down to pieces. So we're using those pieces. So fine. Save those pieces. Use our web clipper to go out. And like if you're reading a blog post you love and you highlight the things you love in it, you clip it, you send it back to your error story project. Later, when it's time for you to write, you can then search through your card library Find that research that you clipped from other places on the web and drag and drop it onto your document, move it around. When you're happy, click to merge those cards into your document. Um, So really filling up the page quickly. And of course, other things we're building out are like pocket integrations, Evernote integration, possibly a Twitter integration unless they really go away. Mm. It sounds like things are not looking good for poor Twitter. Um, but, But all these places where great ideas are hiding, Um, and where you've been searching to find them and then you forget about them, those are going to be at your fingertips in Air Story. And of course, if you invite your team to it, then you get this even bigger, better card library because all of your great research is in there and all of their great research is in there. And you can imagine if you have a team of 10 people working together, let's say at HubSpot, and they're all basically writing blog posts and eBooks and other things about inbound marketing, the same stuff comes up again and again, same data points. But now it's as easy as just like searching that massive card library, finding the points that your team members have created and dragging those into your document. They still get to keep their copy. So you're not ruining any of their research, but you're borrowing it. And now you're able to complete and publish against more aggressive publishing schedules a lot faster. Well, so that's the core of their story. And I can imagine all the writers out there that use research assistance uh, for various <laughs> things. I mean, to me, that's how I'm seeing it. It's like, like, okay, I want to write a blog post on the 34 best tools to do X. You know, go find them for me. And now, like, all of a sudden, they're all over your page. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All filled up. Yeah. Exactly. So um, is there a – oh, I was going to – I was. this is I'm really down in the weeds here, but I love RSS feeds. Can, can we integrate RSS feeds into it so that any bookmarking service I use that uses a tag uh, for an RSS feed could feed into it? Potentially, I'll put it on the list. Put it on the list. We have like a roadmap. That's ab- absolutely. <laughs> yeah, to fe- feature creep is already seeking, or is you know seeking in. <laughs> I know my developer is gonna be like, really, Joanna? Did you just say absolutely? <laughs> yes. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> so, is there a a publishing element to this, or is that really not the the end game? 
Um, we want to make it easy for you to get ideas in and finished products out. So um, our goal, we've, we're building a WordPress integration right now. So you can, just like lead pages, you can publish straight to your, or send your post, the thing you just worked on, straight to your blog and then publish it there, tweak it there, um, and it'll match your styling and everything like that um, on your blog. So we'll have that. We have export to Google Docs already, if that's something that, mm. you know, lots mm -hmm. of teams still sure. use Google Docs. And they, sh they should. Google Docs is good for a lot of things. It just doesn't make it very easy to actually write. Right. Um, but you can. You can absolutely export to Google Docs. We'll have export to Word and PDF as well, which are like days away. Um, but those are the major places we'll be publishing. There will be, depending on how many novelists, we have a lot of novelists signed up right now mm -hmm. for the beta version. Depending on what actually happens with them, we might have published to EPUB and Mobi as well. Mm, great. So uh, where can people find more about, obviously, it's airstory.co. Um, we're in the fourth quarter of uh, 2016 right now. I'm, I'm guessing all the world will be able to use it in uh, starting in the year 2017 or so? Exactly. We're aiming for January 3rd, 2017 as the time to start. Anybody can use it then. And where can we find more about uh, your copywriting and copy hackers business? over at copyhackers.com and also on Twitter at copyhackers with an S. Awesome. Joanna, this was fun. Appreciate uh, you stopping by here and hopefully we'll see you out there on the road. Thanks so much. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast was made available by the folks at Magic Jack for Business. You can take your small business phone system to the cloud and save thousands. You're going to get unbeatable reliability at an incredible price. There's no nickeling, diming. It's always on. You get all kinds of professional features like auto attendant and music on hold and virtual facts and way more. And because you're a listener of mine, you get two free months of the service when you sign up at, get ready, magicjackforbusiness.com slash duct tape magicjackforbusiness.com slash duct tape. Be one of the first people to sign up, one of the first 100 to sign up, and you'll get a free phone too. Isn't that awesome?